I have in my hand breaking news on the election. At this point, everyone's still counting. The gamblers think it's Joe Biden, but the Trump team is hopeful. So the breaking news is this. Nearly 200 million lost votes have been found. And they're all for Kanye. <laughs> Welcome to Tough Crowd. This is Brett Blackham. And I think that was a good week for the world, <laughs> to be honest. At least as far as limiting what the federal government does. Because <laughs> you have the Senate, which was held by Republicans, and then probably a Democrat administration, and then like a something close to 48, 52 breakdown in the House of Representatives, and that can change. And I believe my man Burgess Owens from Utah is going to be installed in lieu of Ben McAdams, who was replaced, or who replaced Mia Love last time. So in case you don't know what I'm talking about, Mia Love is a Haitian immigrant, black woman, young, beautiful, Republican, voted out by the Democrats of Utah who care so much about systemic oppression and racism for Ben McAdams, a middle-aged attorney, white. <laughs> so we, hopefully a lot of some of those Democrats repented and voted for my man Burgess, <laughs> who is, if you know him from football, he's a, a black gentleman, so... Yeah, that's my favorite story and to show why Democrats really don't care all that much about systemic racism and oppression and that whole narrative. Like, no, 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 no. H.L. Mencken said it best. Every election is a futures market and stolen property. And so if you're a Democrat, you believe that that, you, that party is going to steal more property and give it to you than the other party. That's who you vote for, regardless of skin color and gender. Okay. Like I said, my piece there, <laughs> but this, <laughs> the whole election thing has been kind of amusing. Some cities for decades have not been very forthcoming with how well they handle votes. And obviously when in a big city, you have a high proportion of people who believe the government should feed them. You do. And maybe everyone has that issue. A lot of people believe that it's a government job to make sure everyone's got a great big salary with a million dollar pension. But if a political party says, oh, maybe we don't need to do that, that's, that threatens your livelihood. So why, why not cheat on the ballot? Why not have some dead registered voters? Why not turn the other way when 108% of the registered voters vote in the election in a certain precinct? That's not possible. I know we had a, a bank in Utah years ago that used to say, current, we just give 110%. They pulled it because it's just like not true. It's not possible. You can only give 100% unless you're voting in a city. And then you can get 108, 112% of the vo registered voters to vote in your election. So <laughs> here's a guy named Tristan on Twitter. He said, Russia rigged our election in 2016. But voter fraud in 2020, that's nearly impossible. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> There's another one from Liberty, Liberty Lock Pod. Pretty good podcast. Check that out. Liberty Lock Pod. They, they said, you're telling me 74 million people that 
allegedly hate racism and police violence, voted for the author of the 94 crime bill, (laughs) whose vice presidential nominee was a cop. It's fantastic. Here's another one from Biggest B Block. He said, the author of the 94 crime bill got more votes than Obama. (laughs) Let that sink in. Yeah. And his biggest support came from people who thought they were being (laughs) anti-racists. Here's another one. They said, a system that has no problems printing currency without wealth to back it should have no problem printing votes without voters to back them. (laughs) It's interesting. And I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it was pointed out that from 2016 to 2020... Every demographic that supported Trump, well, there's votes from every demographic for all, both parties, but every demographic had a higher percentage vote for than against from 2016 to 2020 for Donald Trump, except one, white men. Trump had a smaller proportion of white men, and every other demographic had a higher proportion vote for Donald Trump. So it's an interesting thing. Like the, I, I think that indicates that people are individuals, pretending that oh, because you're a member of a certain group, you have you think a certain way. That is the, that's what we used to call racism. Now everything's racism. So <laughs> it's apparently moral in some of these people's brains to treat people like a monolithic group. And I had a personal interaction with a black gentleman this week. He's I don't know how old he is. Probably late forties, fifty. Something like that. And he had a an interaction with a 20-something-year-old white girl who was yelling at him that he had internalized racism because he was going to vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> so imagine this, to use the phraseology of the current Marxist, the privileged white woman <laughs> berating a black man because he didn't have the right opinion think. <laughs> Just... I just put my hand on his shoulder. It's like, man, she cares about you. And she, she cares so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. This whole thing has to be amusing. It's just been amusing to me. Oh, there's another thing on the, the stock market. I could feel it the week running up to the election. There was some sell-offs. There was some holding. You could just kind of, if, if you follow it at all, or if you have some investments, it just felt like there was some pent up demand for investments. But, the, the, I almost said the gamblers, which is kind of true. The gamblers weren't sure what was going to happen. But once it came out that the Republicans are going to control the Senate, in that setting, it doesn't matter if Joseph Stalin himself is elected president. You can't do too much harm when there's divided government, which is what I've been saying for years. I think there's a tweet from 2015 of me saying we sh- everyone should vote for Hillary Clinton and a Republican in the House and the Senate. And then few, that's the best thing for freedom in the current setup. And if that doesn't make sense to you, look what happens the other way around. When there's a Republican president and a Democrat Congress, it, there's just tons and tons of spending. Or even when Republicans are in power on full stop on all of it, there's more spending than there is when all, than, than the Democrats are in power. And that makes sense as well. Because when 
let's say the Democrats who would love to bribe everyone to vote for them, you know, scar style from the Lion King. They would love to do that. But when the Republicans are out of power, they're like, well, what about fiscal restraint and morality and personal responsibility? They've got like a, a foot on the brake from all that um, banana republic, South American print your way to prosperity ideology. The other way around, the Republicans are like, well, that's, I've got to bribe people to keep them voting for me. I'll lose power. So they do the th- same thing that Democrats would do. And then the Democrats are in the minority. What do they do? They're like, well, yeah, spend all that and then do our project too. We've got to build this bridge to a forest where no one lives. You know, whatever it is to get their buddies who supported their campaign paid. So it makes sense. I, people use that as a trope and a, and a slander against Republicans. See, you guys spend more than Democrats. Well, that, yes, but there's a reason for that. All right. Uh, enough said on that front. What else did I want to say? Lady Gaga, goodness. Before we get to her, I want to before I will forget this part if I don't mention it. There's a Bradley Thomas tweet, and this is fantastic. He says, "Freedom, consent, property, flourishing, peace, voluntarism, harmony, and bottom-up decentralized power versus obedience, force, theft." Threats, war, false sense of security, conflict, and top-down centralized power. Which side are you on? That was a great breakdown of the things you're really kind of voting for. And the problem is is with political parties is they weave in and out of those two sides of what we're dealing with. I want consent on one thing, but we need top-down centralized power on this one. I don't like war, but war here for this purpose, we're going to have to need that. Freedom in this angle, but force and coercion and theft on this angle. So you just kind of have to do the best you can. But real moral, moral government, real moral societies would be built on the former, not the latter of his two lists. All right, let's get to Lady Gaga. <laughs> she cut this video, and I heard about it before I saw it. So she said it's, you know, it was telling people to vote and letting her followers know she was a Joe Biden girl, but it was okay, just get out and vote. And when I heard about the video, I thought, um, I wonder what she's wearing. Because uh, I'm just a man, and she's an attractive lady, but I ex- expected, you know, like a mini skirt made out of bologna or something. So check it out. She's just dressed in, like, camo, standing next to a truck. Drinks a shot of a beer and then dumps it out. So <clears throat> I think that was a fail. Like, I'm going to try to look like a, a hillbilly humans person. And then, like, no one would open a beer, take a shot, and dump it out. Unless they're rich. So kind of a fail. Anyway, subtweeting. I, I look through subtweets on this sort of thing. And so I look at this. It, the, you know the flag. It's like the following media may contain sensitive material. So you know me. I have to push it. So I open it up. And it's someone who's reposted a picture of Alice Cooper and he said, quote, when musicians are telling people who to vote for, I think that's an abuse of power. You're telling your fans not to think for themselves, just to think like you. Rock and roll is about freedom and that's not freedom. If only celebrities... Well, I don't... 
I can understand celebrities wanting people to vote like them. What I find interesting is in our modern world vilifying the opposition. Like, I have no problem telling someone that their idea is immoral. That's an immoral idea. Are they immoral? Depends on what they do with that when I, when I, exp- when I explain it to them. Like, well, what you're doing is you're living off of theft. Someone, someone else stole resources from someone else and then gave it to you. That's outsourcing your stealing. You don't have to do it yourself. So you're one step away. But that is immoral on its grounds. Based on the morality of person and property. Because like if stealing, re- stealing property from one to give to another isn't immoral, then we have no morality. It's just whoever can steal the most property can buy the most guns and keep that property for themselves. That's really an awful scenario. That's just like we're, we're just packs of chimps then just trying to breed and get resources and, and we'll kill each other. if. Yeah, we're, we have the ability for thought, communication, and organization that other animals do not. And if, if stealing isn't immoral, then there is no such thing as morality. Why is rape immoral? Why would it... Like I, I, one of the people I follow on Twitter said that his family member said, why do people vote against their pocketbook? And I thought about that for a minute. Why would you vote against your pocketbook? So I responded and I said something like, why would most men agree that there should be laws against raping women? But why would they vote? Why would these men vote against their pocket rocket? (laughs) Why would you vote against your loins pleasure? Why would you vote? against someone else stealing stuff to give to you because it's wrong, because it's immoral. Coercion, force, threats, that's wrong. That is immoral. All right, here's one from Seth MacFarland, a man whom I like, another one of those celebrity persons, peasons. I hope he's a peason. Anyway, he tweets, regardless of the winner, the Electoral College must go. It's an antiquated relic that has outlived its usefulness. (laughs) So I subtweeted him and said, you know what's a lot older than there's electoral college? Direct democracy. And it's got a much more bloody track record. Antiquated relic. (laughs) Beautiful language, but (laughs) kind of silly. Or maybe, yeah, democracy is antiquated and it's too much of a relic as well. You know, we really need a king. That's what we're, that's, yeah, democracy, it's antiquated relic. (laughs) The electoral college, slowing down the growth of government, it's so antiquated. Let's just have a monarch. (laughs) This popped up in my newsfeed this week. And so, I know I'm weaving in and out of the election coverage, but... I just love this. So, who said it is the question. Play a game. Who said this? Quote, fascism should more appropriately be called corporatism because it is a merger of state and corporate power. End quote. Who said it? I'll read it again. 
Fascism should more appropriately be called corporatism because it is a merger of state and corporate power. Benito Mussolini. I hope you won the game. <laughs> I didn't get who said this. I sometimes take these notes and I drop it, so I'm not trying to plagiarize. Someone else said this. Quote, don't complain that the government is treating you like a child over COVID if you look to the government as a parent the rest of the time. That's kind of true. I heard an interview with the newly elected governor of my state, Governor Cox, and he, I don't think intentionally, but he voiced this idea that sometimes the legislature is irrelevant and the executive has to act without the legislature's approval in a state of emergency. And I suppose that's true. And until COVID, it didn't dawn on me that this needed to happen. Because it made me think of the that Pirates of the Caribbean being scene where the government was hunting down pirates and hanging them. And they're reading the decree, like, the right to property suspended. The right to habeas corpus suspended. The right to a legal representation suspended. It's kind of a daunting scene that the government is suspending all of their the pretended rights that the citizens have in order to hunt down these pirates and execute them. So I I'm not comparing the governor of my state to or the governor elect of my state to tyrannical you know 17th century Britain. But there is something there like, oh, if it's an emergency, something has to be done. We can't get legislation for this. We're just going to do it and make it legal later. I'll make it legal. I can go with that line of reasoning. Like if there's a, if there's an emergency, maybe that is a, a power that has to be taken by the executive. From here, I think it needs to be a rule, a law, a commandment inviolate. Like, if the executive of any government has to abandon the rights and privileges in the Constitution for the duration of that power that they take, no checks should be sent out. No paychecks to the governor, his office, his security detail. No paychecks to anyone else who works for that government. No pension checks, no welfare benefits, no health care, because we're in an emergency. And we're in this together. In that scenario, when the government does feel they need to suspend habeas corpus or the right to open your own business or the right to a speedy and public trial, the right to an attorney, if the government suspends any of that, no paychecks, no welfare, no pensions until they give it back. So that's not a law anywhere to my understanding, but it should be. And I'll lobby for it whenever it comes up. Hopefully you will too. England. Oh man, I've been reading. And a lot of people in Ireland and England listen. Uh, what they're doing with their lockdowns. It, it's so vicious. Like it, <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing Netflix pulled V for Vendetta off of the, the television. <laughs> I I remember V for Vendetta. If you've never seen it, it's worth a watch. It's a 
dystopian futuristic story where a virus kills enough people to destroy society in what it was before and it's it becomes a new you know hitlerian conservative party takeover which is ridiculous because <laughs> the word conservative and and liberal are so so tortured they almost don't mean anything but the conservative party is the evil lockdown people and then they're tied in with the the company that released the virus and killed all those people and then they have the antivirus or the vaccine to to save people and so in this v for vendetta story one of the people that are tested on for the virus lives through it and is uh, and becomes a terrorist I, I guess and blows up parliament and anyway it's an, an interesting thing now we're living a little bit through what governments want to do and the people who the different philosophies of government it comes out and it the people who are quote conservative or or, or or right wing or whatever, they're not the ones wanting to lock down the government through the government and have the state take all this power and control your life. It's not them. It's the people who we call lefties or, or liberals, liberals, a tortured term too, because it's not liberal to say, if you don't do what we say, prison, like, did I hurt anybody? We think so. We don't know. Anyway, so those words are tortured. Big government versus small government is the be- is the cleanest way to think of things. And there are a lot of people that think the state should treat everyone like a child. And sometimes you need to be controlled like an animal. Because they own your body. I joke about that at my day job all the time. State thinks they own your body. So every regulation is just a reiteration of that concept. We who control this thing we call the government own you. You do as we say. You don't own your house. You don't own your income. You don't own your body. The state owns you. So if they ever suspend the rights that they pretend they give us, there should be no money. All right, moving on. (laughs) Taxes are the tribute that the conquered people pay to their overlords. Alice Smith. I think Whoever runs that account lives in England, too. I get a lot of info from her. Him, her, whoever. I'm not sure it's female, but (laughs) Alice Smith, the great, great, great granddaughter of Adam Smith. All right, here's a great quote from Murray Rothbard. Any of his books are fantastic, by the way. He says, if there seems to be a shortage of supply to meet the evident demand, then look to the government as the cause of the problem. Give the market its head and there will be no shortage of the... Accouterments of daily living. I'm sure I mispronounced accouterments. The things you need for daily living. (laughs) I'm not as good with the language as Murray, obviously. Here's one from the Stoic. Ever notice how the same people who never met a monopoly they didn't want to break up. Oh, it's a monopoly. We need to break up this monopoly. Those same people are convinced that a monopoly in healthcare would be the greatest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's interesting talking people everyone has these cognitive dissonances like oh you believe this but what about this like well i don't, I don't know what was pointed out to me in college was by a professor and he said so a conservative you believe i, I called myself a conservative back then 
So if you, so you believe in the right to life as an abortion, you know, for an abortion. I said, well, yeah, I don't think you should kill, kill the fetuses. I don't think you should do that. And then he says, well, what about criminals in prison? You believe in execution of them. And I said, I hadn't thought about it much. I'm like, I, I don't I guess it's in their crimes. Like, isn't that not protection of life? And I supposed he was right. I'm like, I'm, I'm probably not for execution now. But, uh, you know, it's one of those. Those dichotomies I had to work out in my head. Well, what, what does that mean? Like, like a phrase like I am pro-life, that can mean anything. So now it's a setup to uh, propagandize one way or another. It's kind of a, it's not a meaningless phrase, but it's kind of an ambiguous phrase. And uh, so, yeah, apparently that professor believed in an abortion and not in execution. So he had the same, <laughs> he had the same dichotomy in his head as I did just on the flip side. So. I'm not sure why he's trying to make me feel bad for my own cognitive dissonance. He had the same one, just the just the other side of the coin. Here's another one. Leftist politicians. This is Alice Smith again. She's great. Leftist politicians hate patriotism. Just hate it. Until it's time to pay for their latest big brother policy, and then suddenly the country is all in this together. That's true. It was very instructive through this summer, that Chaz Chop commune that started in Seattle. <laughs> Notice they didn't go out into the woods of Washington and say, we're going to live here. No, no, they had to take over stuff that was already produced by someone else. And so it was pointed out to me that that's, what, that's how communists have always operated. They can't. It's a bad way to organize things. When you don't have price, you don't know what an appropriate level of consumption and production is price tells you all that stuff. It's the, like if, if price is really high, it tells you to produce that thing and to stop consuming that thing. And, and the converse is also true. We're like, yeah, man, we're going to, everything's free in this autonomous zone. And we hate the cops and we hate the U S government or whatever. And then they give guys guns and have them patrol the perimeter, you know, like a police officer, it was a little, it was, again, some of that cognitive dissonance, like not thinking through the whole thing. But you take a step back, like they couldn't have done that in the forest. They'd have starved in like a day. Well, three days, literally. Had to take over resources produced by someone else. And that when it's something big like Russia, it might take seven decades, eight decades to destroy what other people built beforehand. But... When you have, when, when the parasite overgrows the host, it will both die at some point. You, if you're going to have a state, it's a parasite on the market economy. And if it can't grow too big or else the destruction is assured. On the same line, Bradley Thomas, quote, once you realize that governments don't create wealth, but merely move it around minus their cut, which is like 80%. Sorry, I shouldn't. I'll do the whole thing. Once you realize that governments don't create wealth, but merely move it around minus their cut for political favors, you've taken an economic red pill. 
Yeah, so that goes along the line of the parasite. It, it doesn't create stuff. It takes. Well, governments do create money, but the money has no value. It's just paper unless you pull a gun out and say, now you owe me some of this money back every year or every quarter if you're a business. Or you're going to go into a cage where you may be raped. Or and if you resist me, I have to shoot you. See, there's no... The stuff, the... the the, the value of that currency is generated by the gun of power. And so the, the, as far as the resources and the buildings, like nothing is made by a government. It's just a group of people who have control of the guns. So they have that, those resources have to be stolen, have to be taken. So there are some of my thoughts on a week of elections and voting. People speak so passionately about those votes. But really all it is, is like H.L. Mencken said, it's a futures market in stolen property. <laughs> I will mention this too. There was a lady who said, my transgender daughter, I don't know why we had to know that, but whatever. My transgender daughter was 18 and voted for the first time. She said she finally felt listened to and appreciated and like she meant something. <laughs> so, so I commented, congratulations. Now in three years, you can teach her how to play the lottery so she can feel rich. Because it's all about those feelings. All right, I think that's going to close it. We're about time. It's been a good week, I hope, for most people. The cities weren't destroyed because <laughs> the party of love and tolerance got their way. Bless us all. This is Brett Blackham. <laughs> You're listening to Tough Crowd. And make it a great day. Welcome to Tough Crowd a podcast dedicated to jokes, philosophy, and current events. The purpose, obviously, is to entertain, educate, persuade, and above all, to give an outlet for the voices in the host's head to have their messages heard. <laughs> Thanks for listening. pay attention at all, you know that the United States economy is basically a house of cards waiting for a stiff breeze to knock it down. Most advisors recommend hedging against this volatility by investing in the three main precious metals, gold, silver, and bullets. Now, the bullets you'll have to find on your own, but to move a portion of your retirement into precious metals, I recommend Birch Gold Group. Whether you just want to learn or you're ready to invest, please visit birchgold.com forward slash Brett or go to my website, brettblackham.com and click the Birch Gold button. Then when those wins come, you'll be prepared. <laughs>